Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Avinu, we thank you for your presence this morning and your love for us. We pray that your Word would go forth and encourage your people and edify um, your community. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. This is a bio of Rabbi Daniel Freitag from TorahDownloads.com. Quote, Rabbi Daniel Freitag is the director of programming for the Kolel Dome in Dunwoody, Georgia. His lectures and classes have achieved a significant degree of popularity in a very short time. The Kolel Institute, where, which he teaches and founded, has now spread to cities nationwide. His Shabbat beginner services in his role as the unintimidator have a large following as well. His activities include all aspects of Kolel Dome programming, as well as numerous home groups and other unique study programs. While Rabbi Freitag loves the South, he is a closet Yankee fan. He enjoys cholent making, anti-missionary work, and sour pickles, unquote. So I mentioned in a previous sermon on the kingdom of heaven, I saw a debate between this rabbi on YouTube, uh, and uh, it was between him, a self-proclaimed anti-missionary, and uh, Dr. Michael Brown, who is a Messianic Jewish apologist, on the identity of the Messiah. Uh, I encourage you to, to look it up. Uh, it's uh, If you just search... Uh, who is uh, the Jesus, the Messiah, and these two names, Freitag and Dr. Brown, it will, it will come up. It's a very interesting debate. But um, Dr. Brown had uh, many interesting and helpful arguments, but I was also interested in Rabbi Freitag's basic argument, which he repeated several times throughout the debate. The debate was supposed to be if Yeshua was the Messiah, So that's what they were supposed to talk about. But I believe that Rabbi Freitag set up a straw man in order to argue something else. Basically, he said that Yeshua couldn't be the Jewish Messiah because, first of all, what is a Messiah? The Messiah is righteous and brings others to righteousness. The Messiah of Christianity, according to Rabbi Freitag's understanding, changed the way that we are made righteous. In Judaism, he says, we are righteous if we follow the mitzvot, the commandments. And in Christianity, he says, we are righteous if we believe in the atoning sacrifice of Yeshua. So therefore, because Yeshua apparently changed it all up, therefore he could not be the Messiah, according to this rabbi. But Rabbi Freitag is forgetting one very important and fundamental thing. The New Testament was written by Jews who practiced Judaism and who saw Yeshua as the fullness and renewal of that Judaism. Yeshua himself is the fullness of Judaism, the anchor and goal of Jewish community faith. But what if Yeshua 
didn't alter, but rather renewed the concepts of being righteous and the concept of faith. I think that's possible. Wouldn't you agree? This straw man argument is very popular and has a few forms, and it's, it's shown up over the years. The great Jewish theologian Martin Buber wrestled with the concept of faith and said that there were two versions of it based on the Hebrew word. Do we know what the Hebrew word for faith is? Emunah, yes. And the Greek word, does anyone know the Greek word? Pistis, all right? So he said there were two versions. In other words, according to um, Martin Buber, there is the Jewish concept of faith and the Christian concept of faith. Although he does start to see the connection between the two, he, he basically says there's two. But I suspect you already know how I feel about this thesis. So uh, here are some quotes from his book. Uh, it's called The Two Types of Faith. And the first quote is regarding the first uh, Jewish faith, quote-unquote. This is what he says. His faith, the Jewish faith, is a perseverance in trust in the guiding and covenanting Lord, trusting perseverance in the contact with him. Okay. I think we would agree with that, right? All right. And this is all, another, another quote from the book. The first of the two types of faith has its classic example in the early period of Israel, the people of faith, a community of faith, which took its birth as a nation, a nation which took, it took its birth as a community of faith. The second in the early period of Christianity that arose in the decay of ancient settled Israel and the nations and faith communities of the ancient East as the new formation from the death of a great son of Israel and the subsequent belief in his resurrection. That, of course, is an oblique reference to Yeshua. So I believe that the words emunah and pistis, which mean what? Faith, are not only related and united, but that the concept of faith in Judaism and in Yeshua faith are, in fact, compatible. Yes, I believe that. And also, not only that but they contain much more than the English word faith. There's a lot of riches within them that we're going to explore today, if you will explore with me. How does that sound? All right. So let's check out this week's special New Covenant portion for Passover from Hebrews 11, 23 through 28. And you heard a little bit of this earlier during our Torah service. By faith... By Emunah, by Pistis, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was an extraordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's de decree. By Emunah, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Instead, he chose to suffer mistreatment along with the people of God rather to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He considered the disgrace of Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Man, you could do a whole sermon about that line right there. He considered the disgrace of Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to the reward. By pistis, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, for he persevered as if seeing the one who is invisible. 
By faith, he kept the Passover and the smearing of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them. By Emunah, they passed through the Red Sea as if on dry ground. When the Egyptians tried it, they were swallowed up. Here the word for faith is much more than, yeah, I, I believe that that's true. Do you see that in this text? It's a, it's a large, rich word. Would you say amen to that? All right. So it is not a passive agreement to an idea. Emunah is more. Pistis is more. Notice that Moses' faith involves trusting, devotion, allegiance, choosing the kingdom of Messiah, persevering through challenges, choosing an identity in God rather than an identity in the world, acting in trusting God's promises, respecting God more than Pharaoh. Faith, my friends, is active, not passive. This is true for Moses as it is for faith in Yeshua. We don't just believe that there is a Messiah, but what does our verse of the year say? Yeshua said in John 10, 27, you're not saying it with me. We got to go back. All right. Yeshua said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Yes. Yes. Faith and works and faith and action are not two opposing things in Judaism and Yeshua faith. They are intimately related, intimately. The Hebrew word represented here is what? What do we say is the word for faith? Emunah. This is what it looks like. Boom, right? Aleph, mem, vav, nun, he. What would you say is the root? There's three-letter roots in Hebrew, right? What would you say is the root of this, this word? What three letters? All right, the Hebrew teacher is telling us. <laughs> How about the rest of the class? <laughs> Aleph, Mem, Nun, does that sound right? All right, let's take a look at that. Aleph, Mem, and Nun. Aleph, Mem, Nun. Hmm. Does that remind you of a well-known word? What is it? Amen. Amen. Woo! I'm feeling, yeah, yeah, I'm starting a gospel up in here, all right? So this is a word that everyone knows. It's actually part of English, amen. Why do we say amen? Why do we say amen? That means that is, it is what? It is established. I saw uh, one of our, uh, one of our uh, brothers over here, he was uh, doing the... Um, uh, the ASL sign when we were doing our, um, our liturgy. And when he got to amen, guess what he did? That means it is established, right? It, it means it is true. Yeshua says, truly, truly, verily, verily. In Hebrew, he would have said, amen. Amen. Yeah, the God of faithfulness can be called in Hebrew, guess what? Elohei, amen. 
Yeah. That means that emunah is not just faith, but also faithfulness. Faith is not blind. It's not groundless belief, but it is grounded trust and devotion. Faith is not whimsy, but wisdom. It is established and sure. The root of emunah, faith, is what? What's the root word? Amen and amen. Amen, right? When faith appears in the Hebrew scriptures, it has this punch to it. Every time you see the word emunah, it carries all of this with it. Let's take the often quoted scripture um, in the New Covenant writings from Habakkuk 2 verse 4. You'll recognize the second half of this verse, I'm sure. Behold, the puffed up one, his soul is not right with him. But... What does it say? The righteous will live by his trust. Another another version says the righteous live by faith, live by emunah. No one reading the rest of Habakkuk would say that, that this type of faith is passive. In three short chapters, Habakkuk exhorts Israel to do things away, get away from violence. Get away from unjust gain. Get away from idolatry and follow the Torah, right? We are followers of Messiah, followers of the Torah, and to enact restorative justice. Pistis in the Greek, this is the the parallel word to emunah. It has the same connotations, the same meaning, as we have seen in the Moses narrative in the book of Hebrews that we read, right? Right? There were, there were things that Moses did. He put the blood on the door. That was faith. That was faith. Now, if we are moving from a paradigm of works versus faith, where they're against each other, to a paradigm of faith and faithfulness together, then what does that mean? The evening before our congregational Seder here downstairs, I led another Seder, which was the first night of Passover, at my parents' house. Present were non-Messianic Jews, Muslims, and Christians. And the theme that my parents brought out of this Seder was all about justice. So I was charged with leading this very unique kind of Seder, and so I wanted to introduce it, and I wanted to craft an intro that I read to everyone who was present, which I felt would communicate the kingdom of Messiah in the Passover story through emunah, the fullness of what that is, faith and faithfulness together. And this is what I told them. Quote, The Passover Seder is part of a tradition of a meal that is perhaps the oldest continual yearly festival on the planet. It has been preserved in the Jewish people since the event itself some 5,000, no, 3,500 years ago, you know, give or take a few hundred. The last meal that Rabbi Yeshua had with his followers before he died and was raised was also a Passover meal and Passover story. Why is the Passover so important? Why has God preserved it in the Jewish community for hundreds and hundreds of generations? Because this Exodus story is a fundamental story to our identity and calling. 
It anchors us to the truth of God as rescuer and to our primary identity as not enslaved people, but rescued sons and daughters of the king. And so we are obligated to tell it every year, as in days of old, to remember who we are and who God is. There have been other Exodus stories throughout the history of scriptures and throughout history since. God rescued Israel from Egypt. God rescued Israel from Babylon. The Israelites eventually became like Egypt and like Babylon at times, and God had to rescue the poor and needy among them from that, from Israel itself, or at least the leaders. This is not an ethnic thing. Scripture does not say that Israel is good and all other nations are bad. Egyptians who put the blood of the lamb on their door would have been saved from the final plague. And Scripture tells us there was a mixed multitude that left Egypt with the Israelites. Exodus 12, 37-38 says, Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 men on foot, as well as children. Also, somebody say also. Also, a mixed multitude went up with them, along with the flocks, herds, and heavy livestock. So rather, Scripture says that we are all of us in need of rescuing, and all of us have a little bit of Pharaoh and a little bit of Moses inside of us. The kingdom of Pharaoh... What was that about? Oppressing others for one's own gain to the point of enslavement and throwing babies into the river, clearly evil. And also it's about pride and thinking that he was God. The kingdom of Moses, on the other hand, is about humility. It's about rescuing and shepherding others and knowing that he served the Lord and not the other way around. And so we have a choice as to which kingdom we're going to align with, the kingdom of Pharaoh or the kingdom of Moses. God continues to rescue us from Egypt and Pharaoh and Babylon, but there is a tension to Scripture. That tension is anchored in two pillars. Number one, there is nothing we can do to rescue ourselves or others. This is an act of God, and in this sense, we are like the Israelites. But on the other hand, because we are made in his image, we are called to be a part of this rescuing, in a sense, and to rescue others from enslavement. And in this sense, we are to be like Moses. Indeed, figures like Harriet Tubman were given the label of Moses because of her work rescuing enslaved Americans. The Torah also shows us that the last rescuing we need is something more internal. There's a little bit of Pharaoh in the hearts of all humanity that is not only the sons and daughters of Jacob, but all the sons and daughters of Adam. And someday, someday, We will be completely rescued from the Pharaoh in our hearts. And so our hope is that the Mashiach, the Messiah, will do this. But the same tension is here as before. On the one hand, there's nothing we can do 
There's nothing we can do to help the Messiah rescue us from the Pharaoh in our hearts. But on the other hand, we are to be like the Messiah. We are to rescue others. And so we put our hope and our work on this earth into the messianic kingdom, the kingdom of Moses, until there is peace, justice, and freedom for all creation. And on that day, the presence and knowledge of God will fill the whole earth, and there will be no more war and suffering, and heaven and earth will once again be in the same place. And until that day, we remind ourselves of this story, the story of Passover. As it says in Perkei Avot, the sayings of the fathers, you are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. Unquote. So, what kind of faith makes us righteous? Is it following the commandments or trusting in the atonement of Yeshua? Which is it? Yes. <laughs> Which kind of faith is Jewish? Following commandments or trusting in the atoning death of Yeshua? Which is Jewish? Yes. <laughs> does emunah mean belief or does it mean trusting? Faith or devotional action? Yes. <laughs> are we the Israelites or are we Moses or are we Pharaoh? Yes. Are we made right with God by good works or by faith? We are made right by emunah, which is faith, trust, allegiance, and devotion, and closely aligned with justice and good works. Is there anything we can do to rescue ourselves from the slavery of sin and the kingdom of the mighty Pharaoh? No, and yes. See, they're not all yeses, right? I'm just seeing if you're paying attention, right? From one point of view, the Israelites did nothing to rescue themselves. They were totally helpless. It was the mighty hand of God that brought them out. But on the other hand, God didn't paint the blood of the lamb on the doors. The Israelites did, and probably some Egyptians who acted in Emunah also did that. When I taught Spanish, I used to do an activity where the students would practice directions. And so I would pair them up, and I would blindfold one student, and the other would direct them toward a prize, usually a, a sticker or Spanish tchotchke. And so the one person would be like this, and the other would say, izquierda, derecha, arriba, abajo, Yes, right? And uh, they would uh, hopefully find the prize at the end. Folks, on our own, on our own, we're, we're as blind as that. But faith, faith is not blind. Faith is trusting. Trusting that our leader, the Messiah, is not going to direct you into a wall like some of those fourth graders did, accidentally, I'm sure right? But he's going to direct you to the prize. Trusting that your Messiah's voice is going to tell you not only how to avoid the walls, but 
where you need to go. Beloved, there is no better leader, there's no better voice than the voice of Yeshua. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In him is the fullness of emunah. Yeshua is faith and faithfulness wrapped up together. And we have a far better prize by putting our emunah in him. Not a Spanish sticker, but rather for those who have trust, those who have faith, those who put their allegiance, their devotion, their faithfulness in Yeshua the Messiah, the prize is eternal life. Amen? Amen. (laughs) I like that word a lot more now, right? (laughs) Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. Avinu, our Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and uh, for your faith. We thank you for Emunah. We pray that you would root us in your faith, root us in your faithfulness, that we would go forth and share the good news, share the your story of redemption, not only during Passover, but also when you brought that to fullness through the life, death, and resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah, who is the Jew, the perfect Jew, who is an example to all of us and uh, who we are to be more like day after day, not striving in our own strength, but day by day trusting you and entering into your presence and walking with you and, and knowing that even though we're blindfolded, that your voice is going to lead us in the right direction. And we pray that we would hear your voice and we would follow you all the days of our lives. And in Yeshua's name we pray.